Welcome, welcome to the director's commentary for Act 1 of King John. Um, my name is George Linfield, I am the director, and with me today I have... Landon Bell, the dramaturge. And Joel Rowan, the assistant director. Super, I probably should have, uh, should have given you guys a bit of warning, but... Um... This is my first. This is my first uh, director's commentary that I'm uh, in charge of, shall we say? So, well, um, maybe a, a few hiccups on the way. You got to ease into it. Yeah, yeah, ease into it. <laughs> exactly. So we start things off um, in King John's flying palace. So we want to kind of give a sense of the uh, enormity of this great structure. Um, so you might hear the conversation progressing as the characters walk through first the kitchens and the workshop and then all the way up to the palace. And I think Landon, if you want to elaborate on maybe why why we chose this kind of steampunk setting. Well, um, a long while back, I'm thinking, I'm guessing it was around the time we did Comedy of Errors. Um, I spoke to Swen about something he would like to do in the future, and he said something steampunk. And so when George came on board, uh, we got to talking about it again, and we decided to go with uh, a fantasy setting for As You Like It. But then for this next play, um, I kept that steampunk idea in mind. And for the very first history play, um, which is King John, I decided we're going to go ahead and we're going to do the steampunk idea. And so my idea going forward is basically to do the Shakespeare histories as technological eras. And that doesn't necessarily make sense with the actual history. But when you're trying to keep track of things in a audio space, uh, it can kind of give you a frame of reference about, oh, this happened before and this happened after and, and so on. Yeah, definitely. And I know we were just discussing kind of the, um, the future or, or what plays we're going to do in the future. So definitely, uh, I think this is definitely a chance for people to get in touch and say, you know, whether they'd like us to continue with uh, the histories through the different ages. Because um, I think we've had really a, a lot of fun doing this so far. Totally. And uh, this play in particular is interesting just because it's one of Shakespeare's least uh, performed plays in the 21st century. And so going into it, like, a lot of the people auditioning were like, I had never heard of King John. I don't know what a King John is. And, and now you do. He is the, historically speaking, he is the uh, relative of Richard the Lionheart. Um, he's famous in, in history for being a, a slightly useless king as well, compared to Richard the Lionheart, who's this brave um, figurehead of English kind of monarchy almost. So I think it's quite an interesting character to write a play about and then do an adaptation of that play. Totally. I mean, John really is, in a lot of respects, the villain of his own play. Um, he's erratic. He doesn't have any any moral compass to him. His his primary goal is power. And how can I hold on to this power? 
Most certain of one mother, mighty king, that is well known. And I think we'll um we'll see that kind of later on also in this this first act really introduces this idea of inheritance and um how birthright can have an effect over who you become as a man. Um, with the with the character of Philip the Bastard. I have no reason for it. That is my brother's who yes, is um, played by Kyle Garrett, should add. Yes, I should probably go ahead and introduce all the, the folks we've seen before. Yeah, definitely. Um, we had Lisa Michaud as Jatian. Uh, we had Julia Eve as Queen Eleanor. Uh, Russell Gold, of course, as the title character. Uh, and then we also had, as George said, we had Kyle Garrett as Phil the Bastard. And Jordan Haas as uh, Robert Falkenbridge. And I think this is actually probably the strongest cast of anything I've ever worked on, um, but potentially of the Pendant Shakespeare. I think it's, we've, we've got a really, really strong cast, and they all put in fantastic performances. Absolutely. The accent of his tongue affecteth him. Do you not read some tokens of my son in the large composition of this? Um, <clears throat> making sure I don't forget anybody else. We also have uh, Laura Bramblett here as the Countess of Salisbury. Um, she has a brief line, and she'll be back in Act 3, I believe, for Act 4. Um, and then we also have Veronica Louise as Gurney. When that my father lived... Your brother did employ my father much. Well, sir, by and this you cannot get my land. So this, this scene at the moment, we've got um, Queen Eleanor noticing similarities in Philip the Bastard's facial features to her other son, Richard uh, the Lionheart. Potentially setting up Philip the Bastard as a challenger to King John. But we might not see that potential come to fruition. As I have heard my father speak himself. Philip's character is super interesting to me, and part of the reason I kind of fell in love with this play, because uh, he is someone who gave up nothing to gain everything, and then he winds up losing a lot of it. Yeah, he's definitely a gambler, and you see this early on. Like he's a, Let me have what is mine. he has kind of my a father's land, as carefree attitude. But he's also fierce, fiercely loyal in a way, and, um, and of course he has lost his biological father. And I was kind of describing him to some other people, and I, I described him a bit as a nightmare type, a Dick Grayson character. Yeah. And um, that's actually one reason that Jordan Haas playing Robert, uh, the reason he auditioned. Um, I was kind of pitching him on this character, and so he went ahead and auditioned for Philip. And um, we thought his audition was great, so we cast him as Robert. <laughs> Your father's heir must have it, it was a it, it was a tough battle for the character of Philip, but um, between Jordan and Kyle, we we definitely wanted someone who contrasted, and so Jordan was perfect for Robert, and we thought that Kyle was perfect for Philip. Hmm. And I think that relationship between Philip and John is key as well. Um, Absolutely. 
Lord of thy well, speaking of Kyle, um, this is just an aside. It doesn't really have to do too much with the play itself. But Kyle has been auditioning for us for, I guess, about two or three years now. And uh, so far, he's just gotten small roles. Like, uh, I think the largest one he had was about 10 or 15 lines. Um, but then, when it came to this play, we cast him as the big kahuna. The guy who has either the most lines or the second most lines. And that is a testament to... If you don't get cast as the character you want, keep auditioning. It's not because you're bad. It's just because you haven't gotten the right one yet. Definitely. And I think, especially, I mean, we, we get loads and loads of uh, auditions for this show. And it's it's never, like, the casting is always the hardest part. And it's, some people don't get big roles. It's never because their audition is poor. It's just because, you know, we've got a fit for the character in our in our heads. And sometimes, you know, making making voices fit to um, the ideas of our characters just might mean that occasionally some people miss out on bigger roles. Well, and sometimes we have to match chemistry with another character. So there has there have been times where we gave the person who had the absolute best audition for a character, we gave them lower billing of the cast because someone else had better chemistry mm. with another cast member. Definitely. And so, just keep trying, folks. Um, if you audition and you didn't get the character you wanted, keep going at it. I am thy granddam, Richard. Call me so. Madam, by chance, but not by truth. What the? Something about. I didn't intend for this to turn into Landon's motivational speaker commentary, but. But it is. I mean, this is this is a really fantastic opportunity for um, voice actors to get some experience playing Shakespeare as well. So it's not often that before kind of um, working on this that I saw adaptations of Shakespeare plays um, available for voice actors to audition to. So I think it's it's a it's a worthy cause for a motivational speech. And you know, don't give it a shot. You'll never find out um, whether something's right for you, whether you enjoy it or not. So totally. So, uh, Joel, this is your first time on The Pinhead Shakespeare, and uh, kind of give us a, a little bit of a rundown of uh, what you did as assistant director on this one. Honor than I was um, many and many foot of land. The play as a whole, or just Act 1? Uh, just Act 1. Now can I make any act 1, I, I was the one who put the trailer yes, together. Sir Richard. Richard. Awesome. It was actually a lot of fun. And if his name be George, I'll call him Peter. I had uh, actually never man. mixed a trailer before, so it was interesting, but it was really a lot of fun. Yeah, I love getting... Oh, sorry. No, 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 you're fine. I was just going to say, I um, this uh, this act kind of all rolls together into one scene, so I found it difficult to break up, I thought um, the trailer was a good first kind of position to... To take to get a sense of the uh, the characters and then Act Two, which will come out later. Um, Joe did a fantastic job. Took on way more of that one. And so, answer knows what. But Landon, you were gonna you were gonna add a comment. Uh, no, I was just gonna add that um, a lot of times uh, for me the trailers are interesting because I basically have to go through the script and I have to say, okay, what are the key lines? 
or, or what are the key ideas? And so I get to pull those, and then I get to stick them in the trailer, and then it all comes together in the mixing. And it helps that uh, Joe J. Thomas is such a great voice actor, because then he adds the whole gravitas to the thing. Whether I smack or no. Yeah, definitely. Not alone in habit and device, exterior form, outward accoutrement, but from the inward motion to deliver sweet, sweet, sweet poison for the ages too. Which, though, I will not first sense of kind of intrigue in this speech. Deceit. I mean to run, for it shall strew the footsteps of my rising. But who comes in such haste in riding robes? What woman post is this? Hath she no husband that will take pains to blow a horn before her? So I think word word on the uh, the lifts as well. Um, How now, good lady? What brings you here to court? So this uh, King John's airship, his throne room has two lifts or two elevators as you guys say Robert, in the states um, Robert, son, as an access point which made kind of life quite difficult the mixing those elevator sounds together i apologize <laughs> but it's quite interesting i think because you you otherwise you just get the same kind of entrance sound like oh footsteps or you know door opening footsteps so having something different to notify James Entrance or exit of a character. Yeah, the, it's more interesting for us. No, the reason I did that in the script was um, I needed the access point for the king and his folks to be different just because they're going through the royal quarters, they're going past the kitchen and all that stuff. And so just people coming to visit, they're not going to go through that. They're going to go through a different entrance. So that's why I had two entrances there. And in my mind, um, of course, you can't really put this in a script. You don't know how it's going to turn out in audio. But in my mind, as I was writing it, I was thinking, Throne Room from Dune. Uh, specifically, David Lynch's Dune. Yeah. Well, I think there are a few, there are a few bits which... Uh, where the steampunk setting made things quite difficult. I know, Joel, you probably had the the more challenging parts in in Act Two as well. Kinda. It's like, okay, what is this supposed to sound like? What is that? What is that? What is a Tesla grenade? Exactly. That is exactly what I was. Oh. Long and vehement suit, I was seduced to make room for him in my. So, uh, here we have uh, the last member of the cast that I haven't introduced, uh, Sarah Golding as Lady Falconbridge. And, um, Sarah is another person who's been auditioning for us for a while, and, um, she just seemed perfect for this character. Of course, it is it is interesting though because she has a, um, if I'm not mistaken, Irish accent, and her children do not. <laughs> so I, I like to assume that she was an immigrant. Of course, then again, a lot of people in this play have American accents. So I was I was about to say the. Um, I can't really be an accent, accent. Yeah, yeah, 
I'll send his soul to hell. I mean, the, the French accent was what I was going to bring up and how difficult we found it to get that, get enough cast members who could realistically perform that accent. All of the uh, the characters from France that will come in later in the play. Yeah, I try as much as possible to not be an accent hawk on this show. But this play we had to be with the French because there's no other way to differentiate what country they're from. Otherwise, everybody sounds like they're from the same place, and it's hard to keep track. <laughs> and it's so important with uh, with England versus France becoming a, of a a central point of the story, especially in the next the next act, which we will uh, we will record a commentary for soon. Right. But um, coming towards the end of this uh, this commentary, with our new new um. Credits announce who I feel deserves a deserves a shout out. Absolutely, uh, this is Julia Eve, who also plays Queen Eleanor, and um, unfortunately Brian Reed uh, had to step down from the position. Uh, he's been doing that for he's been on a long time, but um, Julia stepped in and she is awesome. As a matter of fact, um, there was a tiny little blip in her first take that she sent us and i was like no no no, it's fine she's like i've got to get it right so she sent a redo right away i didn't even ask for it or george didn't even ask for it um nobody asked for it and she went ahead and did it because um she is super professional so it's great to have you on the team julia yeah absolutely but um let's we'll wrap things up now so thanks for joining us for our first Director's commentary for King John by William Shakespeare. Um, hopefully see you all soon. Goodbye. See ya. See you next time.